0: You're listening to Matt Loves Cameras.
1: In August 2019, I met a giant of film photography podcasting. I say a giant because not only is he an integral part of one of the world's favourite analogue photography podcasts, but also because he's actually very tall. I am, of course, talking about when I drove down from Shropshire to meet Graham from the Sunny 16 podcast in rural Oxfordshire. We raced around small villages, we shot expired film on plastic point and shoots, we recorded some audio, we talked about photography, and we were both very nervous about getting back to Graham's house late for dinner. Some would call this rendezvous a meeting of two gentlemen, two intellectuals, two scholars. Others would describe it as a rerun of Dumb and Dumber. (laughs) Keep listening and find out who took the better pictures and also keep listening for another shot at winning my bumper giveaway film bundle next week. I'm Matt Murray and this is Matt Loves Cameras. (music)
0: analogue photography related.
1: friends, how are you? I hope you are well, wherever you are all around the world. Welcome to another episode of Matt Loves Cameras. Oh gosh, it's been another two or three weeks since the last episode. You know what? I really plan to try and do these episodes close together and then all this stuff happens in my life. I don't know what's going on. It's a crazy time of year, of course, in the run-up to Christmas with a lot of events uh, at work and at home, at school. Loads going on, so I apologize that the episodes are not more frequent, but I've got a lot more episodes planned, camera reviews, film stock reviews, and of course, finishing off these travel episodes from August and September this year. Now, you will be pleased to hear that I've actually sold a camera since the last episode. I sold a roller cord. Yay! So, I've got uh, almost uh, $250 or $260 I had in my PayPal, which I then withdrew to my bank account because I needed the money to pay for other stuff. So, I am slowly, slowly getting rid of some cameras, Uh, although it's kind of like, you know, buy one, sell one, buy one, sell one. I've bought a couple of cheapies lately, I must admit, um, but nothing to Kind of expensive. I'm kind of, I think I'm kind of getting more money in than out at the moment. And that's certainly something I want to take through to 2020. I really need to get rid of a lot of these cameras. I've started cataloging them. I think I've told you guys that. I think I've got up to over 130. And that's just too many for me. I just want to get rid of some. I'm probably going to get down to about half of that uh, because probably, it's probably 20 or so Polaroid cameras I have up my shelves and I just like them sitting there, the Polaroids. All the other ones though, I want to either use them, use them for an episode of Matt Loves Cameras or just get rid of them. I just don't want them in my life anymore, you know, too much. Anyway, so just a quick recap. I'm Matt Murray. I'm a photographer and camera enthusiast from sunny Brisbane in Australia. This podcast is all about analog photography. In many episodes of the podcast, I review a different film or instant camera telling you about its history, its features, what it's like to use and what kind of photos you can expect from it. In other episodes of the podcast, like today's, I chat about a particular topic in film photography. And in today's episode, episode 22 of Matt Loves Cameras 22, I am continuing my travel tales around Europe, and this time I describe the afternoon. I drove down from Shropshire to Oxfordshire and spent a lovely afternoon and evening with Graham Sunny 16. That's actually his last name, Sunny 16. You can see the photos I talk about today on the show notes at mattlovescameras.com and I'll put up a select few on the show's Instagram at mattlovescameras. So without further ado, let's get stuck into this audio that I recorded with Graham. So um, what happened was uh, originally we were going to Go from Shropshire down to the Isle of Wight and take a few days and sort of meander through the Cotswolds and take a leisurely sort of three or four days down through the heart of England, the Midlands, West Midlands, and the home counties kind of area down to Portsmouth to go to the Isle of Wight. Uh, but a long story short, we had to be in Shropshire or Staffordshire uh, the night before the Isle of Wight. And the kids were sick of traveling. And all of these things kind of conspired to basically mean that we were actually going to go down to the, the Isle of Wight the morning that we were catching the ferry to the Isle of Wight. So long story short, if I wanted to go see Graham in Oxfordshire, we weren't just passing through anymore and I had to make a special trip. So that's what I did. I drove down about lunchtime and got there early afternoon. And uh, we spent a nice afternoon evening together. And I think I left Graham's about 9, 930 and I got back at midnight. I got a little bit in trouble with the wife for, for getting back so late. Um, but, you know, it, it was worth it uh, to, to, to hang out with a, a fellow film photography nerd. And uh, so I'm going to kick the audio off in a sec. Um, now I do tell a stupid story in here. I say that I was just traveling around Oxfordshire and he was on the side of the road and I, and he flagged me down that wasn't true. I don't know why I said that. Uh, But anyway, you probably figured that out anyway. So let's take it away back to August 2019 in Oxfordshire. So, hello, listeners. I am in the middle of the English countryside in the beautiful county of Oxfordshire, beautiful um, county to the west of London, if you're not familiar with the UK. And I'm sitting in in a car, a Skoda. I don't even know where Skoda's from anymore, Czechoslovakia or somewhere like that. And I'm sitting here between two fields. In one field, I've got hay bales, beautiful hay bales and on the other field I've got some sheep and I'm sitting in a car with a giant of film (laughs) photography podcasting. With a giant full stop. Uh, With a giant full stop. He is a very tall gentleman. It is none other than Graham from the Sunny 16 podcast. How are you doing, Graham? I'm doing very well,
0: thank you. It's a delight to be here with you in this Skoda, in this field, (laughs) next to some hay bales. It
1: is a very beautiful evening. We've had some beautiful weather in the UK in the last few days. How's the hot weather treating you? It's disgusting. It's too hot and sweaty. Absolutely. Uh, I agree with that. I'm from Australia, And I think that, and I've actually got a better tan here in England than I ever do in Australia. Uh, yeah, Graham, <laughs> I, I've, I've got like a moon tan. I have got like a moon tan compared to Graham's suntan. He is very, very brown, although he does work outdoors. I am a uh, white collar nerd and I sit at a computer all day, but no, he is rocking a suntan, uh, and it is a beautiful day here in England. Now, we have um, I was actually just traveling alongside in the country sh- shire, the countryside <laughs> in England, countryshire. the country shire in England. And, and a, a guy waved me down, and it was none other than Graham. It was very fortuitous circumstances, very freaky circumstances that I, I stumbled across Graham. Now, how, how are you, Graham? How's life? It's good,
0: thank you. Yeah, it's good. It's nice to be out. It's a lovely evening, and it's nice to have had an excuse to um, escape <laughs> escape from home and go and uh, play silly buggers and go and take some pictures. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And what's the place you you just took me to? So, yeah, we just went to visit Secondhand Darkroom, uh, which is uh, my local Aladdin's cave. I'm so lucky to have that on the doorstep. You describe it. It's just got everything there, isn't it?
1: It's like a big shed or double. uh, It's not a shed. It's more like a two-level kind of barn full of stuff to... I'm not very good with develop. I've never developed my own photos, but it's all like trays, enlargers... Uh, chemicals, paper, all that kind of stuff that you, people who are clever and develop their own film would need, I'm guessing.
0: Yeah, it's got everything. I mean, as the name pretty much gives away, it's all second-hand stuff. I do sell some new stuff as well, but there's so much stuff there. There's just rack after rack of enlargers all the equipment you could need, um, all sorts of random stuff, and also loads of cameras as well, and lenses, and temptation.
1: Absolutely. Too much temptation. One temptation, I looked at a Nikon FM3A. It was in beautiful condition. I've never really been on the Nikon Film SLR bandwagon, but I've heard a lot about them, so I did inquire about the price. Thinking, Wishful thinking, I thought, if it's under 300 quid, I'll buy it. Uh, the wife won't be too happy, but I'll buy it. It was, it was a little bit more than that, sadly, so um, I had to put it back. Uh, but it was a lovely place to look around. Now, the other day, I've been in the UK for a couple of weeks now, and the other day I was in a little town called, or little village, Hamlet, called Norton in Shropshire. Uh, A lot of my wife's family come from Shropshire, so we were up that way, and I saw a car boot sale sign, this Sunday car boot sale. So I dragged the wife, left the kids with um, their relatives, and I took the wife to a car boot sale. And I was wandering around this car boot sale, eagerly looking for cameras, and I come across a gentleman who was selling a whole load of camera junk. But I said to him, how much are these little point-and-shoots? They look pretty crappy. And he said, oh, you can have three for a fiver. So I bought the three little point-and-shoots. There was a, an Olympus AF10XB, which sports, I believe, a, a probably a plastic F4.5 lens. There's a little very boxy kind of um, Panasonic Mini autofocus it's a horrendous looking camera but it's got a fast f3.5 lens very a little bit dusty but looks all right it also come with a more modern fujifilm sort of point and shoot zoom camera and then at my wife's encouragement very unusual she said oh, what about those cameras there on the ground they look a bit older she actually encouraged me to buy the, the other three for a fiver graham would you like to explain i don't know much about them would you like to explain about the one that you know about
0: which one do I know about? Sorry. Oh, the Agfa Select. Select. Sorry, I, I, I was so busy playing with these <laughs> pieces of plastic crap. I completely forgot. Yes, yeah, so the Agfa Um That's a camera that is actually identical to one of the first film cameras I ever bought when I got into the hobby. So it's a, I think it's a 1950s, 1960s, basically a kind of a point and shoot. It's got just a viewfinder. There's no rangefinder or anything like that in there. Um, but you've got aperture settings and shutter speed settings on there um it's a german camera obviously and they can take really nice pictures uh, what i'm really happy about is because we said oh we d- you st- i don't think this works i picked it up and started fiddling and sure enough the shutter just wasn't firing <laughs> so uh a lot of people don't know this i am actually qualified camera repair technician So, what I did was, I held the camera really hard uh, in one hand and hit it really hard against my palm of my other hand and said, Well, that will definitely have fixed it. And it absolutely
1: fixed it. It Uh, did. So the, the value of that camera is now skyrocketed from <laughs> yep. three for a fiver to probably at least fifteen quid now. I reckon. Oh
0: god, absolutely! And I shot a roll through my camera, and, uh, and it takes really nice pictures. So um yeah, you're gonna have to get out with that one. They're good fun. Absolutely. I love those old cameras. That that vintage, and they're not terribly popular. There's a load of cameras from that age. There's the, the a lot of the different models of agfa so um Kodak made the Retinets, mm. and there's loads of those, and they're really cheap, and they're capable of taking nice pictures. And mm. yeah, a lot of them are German made. So that they're built to last. It's good fun to play with
1: those things. You had me at point and shoot, to yeah. be honest. so One of the other ones in the boot I have, the three 345er, was in, uh, an EXA. I don't really know much about the cameras, but it came with a... The thing that attracted me to that one is it has a Meyer, a Meyer Optic Gerlitz, I think it's a Domi plan 50mm lens, so that looks pretty cool. And I've got another one at home that I took out of the car, and I don't even know what it is. But the ones we're going to talk about today, the ones we're going to play with today, we're doing a crap point and shoot challenge with the, the two of the ones I've already mentioned. So the silver olympus af10xb which truly looks like a plastic piece of crap
0: <laughs> and do you want to hear the shutter on it hang on
1: Ooh, there we and go nice little flash there as well yeah and there's also the panasonic t525 af that is a long model number um so it's very boxy kind of reminiscent almost of an instamatic in terms of how boxy it is that's actually got quite a nice shutter speed it sounds like it might be focusing that one you don't, reckon, you don't reckon the other one's fixed focus? Or?
0: I, I, yeah, I think the other one's. just, welcome to the box. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not
1: <laughs> that's not doing the squat. Well, well, we can either shoot with these two, or do you want me to get the Fujifilm film out the boot?
0: Oh no, we're going to shoot with these two. Going to shoot with these two? This is a thing of magical beauty. and I'm definitely shooting with this uh, Olympus. Are you sure? Oh yeah, it's, it's it's a beautiful beautiful baby. It's an okay. Olympus. It must be good.
1: Now, along with um, these these crappy cameras, I got three for a fiver. I've got two lots of three cameras for fiver each. Uh, I also spied some film on the ground, four rolls of film, and it's Jessup's Diamond Everyday 200 ISO, or ISO 200, 35mm film, 36 exposures from 2006, or 2007, this one. So back in the day, uh, this would have sold for £2.99p. So we've got two rolls of that. Graham has chosen his, his plastic piece of crap, and I, I by default, have the very boxy Panasonic camera. So we're going to go out and shoot out. What, what do you reckon we're going to shoot around here? We've got some hay bales and sheep. What else do you reckon? We've got 36 exposures to get through. Oh, God, are
0: probably, 36? Um, probably in... 30 to 45 minutes? I'm thinking a lot of pictures of sheep. Um, I don't know, we're going to have to go hunting. We're yep. going to get, yeah, we're gonna have to get going. Um, there's a sign there. That looks exciting. With yep. a swervy car on it. I think it's going to be a real smorgasbord of... Um, Mediocrity. Of, of, <laughs> uh, what I was going to say was a lovely pastoral scene. Oh, of yes. British country life is what we're going to capture. Yes, um, absolutely. I think it's going to really tell a story
1: of all the beautiful
0: loveliness that there is around
1: here. And it is actually very beautiful. So uh, The only reason I said mediocrity was I was thinking of the cameras. But hey, we might get some little gems out of this. So um, we'll, we'll get cracking, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. So that's the first installment of the audio. Now, the audio isn't as good a quality as usual. Probably usually uh, the audio on this podcast is a 5 out of 10 on a good day. Uh, Today is probably about a 3 out of 10 because we were actually recording uh, the audio on an iPhone. So uh, please, please forgive that, listeners. After that first little bit of audio, we sort of ran around the country lane and the hay bales. There's actually a tractor in, in the field. Um, you're scooping up all the hay or something. I don't, know, I don't know what it was doing. I'm a city boy. And uh, we sort of ran around. Graham became obsessed with a traffic sign. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know what was going on there. And uh, so we, we took some photos and then we recorded some audio as we drove on to see the pandas. And here's the next bit.
0: Okay so I'm already six shots in You're bragging because you're nine shots in Go left here Go left, left. Then go right, <laughs> right. Um, We're currently on the hunt for some plastic pandas Which is a noted feature of rural Oxfordshire These are really beautiful sculptures I like to think of them as So six shots in with my Olympus AF10 XB uh, What do you XB stands for? extra bright because it has got a big key oh, yeah, finder that? that's actually a really good guess that was a very good I was going to guess xylophone boobs so I was well, way that, off the mark that could be that as well I'm not convinced that this is focusing on anything you don't think it's working at all? I well I just don't think it has the ability to um, yeah. <laughs> I think as you may mm-hmm. have mentioned so we've got some geese there that might be a thing keep geese? going no, yeah, don't worry it's fine they're safe um but yeah, I'm really not sure what the focal in, focusing distance is on this camera. I think we'll find out later. How are you getting on with yours? You're what nine shots in? I'm
1: eight or nine shots in. Um, it's kind of weird because I think there's a little green light on my camera, and I keep thinking, little oh, tractor, bloody hell, I almost got crushed. I, I, I keep thinking that um, the flash is going off, but I have it is actually a little advanced uh, for a point crappy point and shoot. You can turn the flash off, so I think I'm going all right.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is what I love about um, unknown film and unknown cameras. Um, it's it's just an adventure now somewhere along here mm-hmm. hey, park on the right side oh, wow. <laughs> handbrake or maybe no, no. actually no don't park on there uh, no don't park there because that's where they're collecting the hay bales oh, okay. now back out back out okay. <laughs> back out um this is live listeners as you can tell yeah just remember there's going to be tracks going in and out but we won't be here for very long so yeah part that's it Park there True. um we are literally risking life and limb uh, to get these pictures and we've just pulled up opposite some fantastic Models of pandas doing handstands. Who doesn't want a photograph of that? Okay, absolutely. Let's go take some pictures of them.
1: All right.
0: You're listening to Matt Loves Cameras. Okay, so we got the pandas. That's in the bag. That's safe. I've not met you before today, Matt, but yeah. I, yeah, what I'm quite impressed at, despite the fact that you're over here on holiday with your family, is the sheer volume of cameras that you have with you. And not only that you have with you, that you have bought since being here. Mm. Um, if you see something
1: you want to just pull over and stop, just pull over and stop. Do you have a problem? I do. I absolutely do. And um, I was telling you earlier in the in the second-hand shop place um, that I, when I got into film, I just shot with EOS 500Ns a short zoom on one a long zoom on the other never and I just shot the same film first print film and slide film never did any type different types of cameras or film and now I'm sort of back into film photography for the third time I want to shoot all the cameras and I'm attracted to crap plastic point and shoots
0: you do have quite a lot of crap plastic point and shoots in there <laughs> the little robot one being the most crap plastic of those that you've it got um, but it does lead to situations where we pulled up this field with some hay bales in as aforementioned and I think you took a picture of those hay belts with four cameras correct four cameras that seems like it might be a lot of pictures of the same thing
1: in my second film phase around 2010 I got burnt by a a a Russian camera and so I basically work on the principle now that left here yeah I basically work on the principle that my images aren't going to turn out so I might as well take the same image on two or three different cameras in case one doesn't turn out Uh, and then yeah what happens I I might take slightly different viewpoints of them but I know that listeners will probably know that I do some of the same subjects across shows yeah definitely
0: do you think like with all this stuff are you are you looking for that camera if I, actually if we turn right and park yeah. down by the church we're going to go because both of the cameras that we've got have got wide lenses on the one that matt's using has got a 35 millimeter lens on mine's got a 29 millimeter yeah go dump it somewhere down there this is r- the rural side we're fine you can just leave stuff anywhere here and, right. so it's, it's quite a nice church here we're in a little village called leafield it's quite an impressive church, as many of these places do around here. And it'll be really difficult to get with a 50mm lens, but yeah. with these wide-angle lenses, I think we stand a reasonable chance, don't we? Absolutely. Six o'clock now, so we've got about 15 minutes. Seven o'clock. Seven o'clock, sorry, yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm in uh, France time for no reason. We've got
1: 15 minutes to yeah. shoot m- more than half a roll. We'll probably go and take some more pictures. Right, how do we Sounds this? Good. Yeah. Now, the next little bit of audio is me in the churchyard. Here we go. I'm so ahead on my my roll of film here. I'm on frame eighteen, uh, half halfway through. What are you on, Graham? Uh, I'm thirteen. Thirteen. So I can actually afford. I've got the luxury of getting my other million cameras out and taking some nice photos. While Graham struggles to find the perfect frame, I'm already I'm already ahead. I reckon I have got some um, good ones in the bag. Stop,
0: not quantity, quality.
1: Exactly. So I'm going to keep on shooting. I might get my little one of my Canon my Canon Shaw shots out and have a couple of frames with that
0: so that was Leafield Church uh, you got how many ca- How many cameras did you take pictures with
1: only the uh, Prima one that's the underwater camera because when you're taking a village church you need to use an underwater camera but I, I also used my craptastic plastic one for this challenge and I took some photos of some flowers and I saw some do you see the blackberries the what, sorry? The blackberries. No, I didn't. Well, I I'd I the blackberries because I ate a couple. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. um, <laughs> um, I saw seen... a
0: lot of deadly nightshade. Are you sure you're not confusing the two? What's deadly nightshade? It keeps going, uh, keeps going straight down, yeah.
1: What's that?
0: Uh, it's fine. It's, it's good. It's a lot healthier than it sounds by the name of deadly nightshade. Okay, okay. Do, ignore the name. It's will be fine.
1: does not affect blackberries at all?
0: Um, Similar, I suppose. If you find in the next 24 hours you wake up dead, you'll know it was the deadly nightshade. Ah. Now,
1: listeners... I don't know much about flora and fauna, but I'll tell you this. Blackberries do not look anything like Deadly Nightshade. Okay, so blackberries, you know, look like blackberries, right? They look like uh, kind of raspberries, but they're black and kind of bigger. Okay, (laughs) with all these little bits over them. I don't know how to explain them. Deadly Nightshade, though, are tiny blackberries. So they're not tiny blackberries. They're tiny berries that just happen to be black. Okay, so I don't know how anyone could possibly confuse Blackberries and Deadly Nightshade. And Graham, who is a gardener slash horticulturalist, that's a very hard word to say, he said they looked similar. No, they do not um did you take any pictures because one of the cameras that
0: you have got with you today you brought to show me and to show off and brag about yeah. is your mint uh instant con is Insta-con that con right? rf70 rf70 right. so this is the new hotness yeah in instant photography yep um that's a pretty sweet camera
1: i do like it i mean it's not without its flaws i don't think but i do like it and i do enjoy using it uh i do get frustrated because it's it's a fully manual kind of camera um <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, it's a fully manual kind of camera. Sorry, I'm always veering off the road here. It's a fully manual camera, and um, you do have to, to meter. You can do it automatic, but um, I do like the photos out of it, but I do get frustrated sometimes that not every photo I take with it is bang on exposure, but that, that could be me. It could be the camera. Who knows?
0: Well, if it's, if it's fully
1: manual, it's probably you. I think no, we can. Absolutely. <laughs> I, absolutely, think, I absolutely. think the r- <laughs> I'll just interject here again. Of course, I have spoken about the RF-70 in other episodes of this show some of the shutter speeds such as the 1 shutter speed i'm not sure it is 1 500th and many other people have assured me that their 1 500th of a second is much slower than that so uh when graham says it's all my fault for not getting good pictures of the rf70 uh well yeah there could be some truth in that but it's also because of that shutter uh speed issue and it's also uh, since i've been metering the film at iso 640 I've had a lot better results. I've had way more keepers and less exposure problems. And I don't know why that is because of course the film is ISO 800 in stacks wide. So there you go, the mysteries of the Instacon RF70. And of course you can hear more about that camera in episodes, uh, I think it's 18 and 19 of Matt Love's Cameras. Um, I can see you're using your phone app to meter for a lot of the pictures yeah which is an ideal I guess I should invest in a in a, light, in a light meter but then again I guess it's something else I've got to pay for and something else I've got to carry around remember to carry around all the time
0: no I, I use an app on my phone okay. 99% of the time um, uh, th- so this is the first time I've had a chance to get hands on with the um, Instacom and uh, it's a nice camera it's it feels a bit fragile doesn't it
1: it does a little bit i mean it's a plastic camera like we were talking earlier you you wouldn't want to drop it um i mean you could say that about a lot of cameras but yeah it does you know you've got to close it up a certain way you've got to set the lens to infinity otherwise if you don't set the lens to infinity when you close it up you know you could risk damaging the camera so when you pay you know i paid a thousand us dollars or roughly 900 us dollars or something like that for it and when you when you pay that much money for a camera um you know if you accidentally closed it the wrong way and it broke you, you wouldn't be very happy i'm Guessing, but I seem to remember to do it right. Yeah, looking at the pictures that you've
0: shown me that you've taken with it, they've come out nicely. And um, you might want to um, yeah, back up a little bit. Um, uh, I feel quite guilty, he lied, um, for making Matt do all the driving on these very windy, narrow <laughs> country lanes in Britain. Um, uh, there you go, see? Um, very, very narrow. Very, very, they're not that narrow, <laughs> listeners. Um, uh, the um the pictures that you've taken with it largely they're sort of um wider scale pictures, you know, scenes going on. And I get the, they're not they look nice but they don't look a thousand dollars better than an an ordinary Instax wide image would. Um where I get the feeling that this picture will probably shine this um camera will shine uh yeah, straight over that way. It would be lovely. Um is in portraiture because then that's when the control and the focusing is really gonna come into its own and show up. So have you had much chance to muck around with that yet?
1: Only taking portraits of the kids mainly, um, so I haven't done. I used to do some little fashion shoots. So I won the I won the fashion round of the, the Sunny Sixteen. Yeah,
0: you certainly did. Those were, those shots were fantastic.
1: Thank you. That was with my little lt One Point shoot and some what is it, sixteen hundred Superior sixteen hundred. But I haven't had a, I haven't done many lately. I've been so busy. But I do want to take some portraits with the RF Seventy. I've only had a chance to take a few of the kids. And when I have taken them, when I've sort of um, have taken them on the the wider sort of f stops, you know, like f eight, f six point seven. You know, I, I really like the results. So, yeah, I, I, I think I will take some more portraits in the future.
0: Yeah, yeah, I look forward to seeing those. It's, it's a nice camera. I don't think it's one I'll be rushing out to buy just yet, because the price is, ah, it's not cheap, but I'm glad that you're here to take that for us. This challenge that we're doing at the moment, I love doing this kind of thing, because this is really focusing. I mean, you know, we, we had basically, or we haven't quite run out of time yet, but we're getting real close to running out of time, um, because what what is our deadline is that if we're home by half past seven, we're not going to get fed and I'm going to get yelled at. Um, so we've got 18 minutes and probably 10 of those minutes need to be driving minutes so i love how much it focuses your mind on actually taking pictures when you're out shooting usually what's your usual approach are you somebody who tends to take quite a lot of pictures anyway because i'm not i'm notorious for being very slow is this your usual pace or you're Methodical, normally.
1: Uh, I think. Well, I travel. Photography is kind of what I love, and that my background is sort of digital stuff as well. So when I'm in somewhere new and interesting, and even though I lived in England for over 13 years, I mean I haven't seen much of this part of the country. So for me, I guess this is a little bit faster than normal, but not much. I, I love to take a lot of photos if it's interesting, different, lovely scenery, and we've got some nice light here today and some nice country scenes. So yeah, I, I would definitely burn through the film or the instax in, in these situations. And
0: uh, we've already discussed the fact that you're shooting with like half a dozen cameras at each stop anyway, but... Generally speaking, if you're out somewhere, are you always going to have a lot with you? Because because of this thing of the fact that you're using uh, unknown quantities, um, like you know, like my lovely lump of plastic, the AF10. If I was somewhere taking travel pictures and it's somewhere I'd not been to before, I'm not sure I'd want to rely on this camera to do a good job uh, because I don't have I don't have any confidence that it's focusing. I have mm. no idea what the exposures are going to be like on it. Yep. as mentioned before it does have a really nice big bright viewfinder have you been badly let down in the past by adopting this fairly sort of uh, casual approach to the quality of things take the next left
1: Not really. Um, I guess it's because one of my main cameras on travel holiday is the Fujifilm Class S, which is a beautiful camera, a lot of great features. And I'll take... Oh, this is beautiful here. Yeah, I'll take a lot of images on that camera. And then I I, I sort of just rotate all the rest of them, bring them in, bring them out. And so, you know, on on some of the the cameras I had this holiday, I had half a dozen frames of Hong Kong. The rest was Switzerland. And yeah, I just like to take... Use them all if I can. But yeah, if, if you're shooting with any more than about two cameras, it's a bit of a pain in the bum, to be honest. You
0: are lugging around quite a heavy bag full of stuff. Yes. And plus all the stuff that you have in the boot with you as well. Yep. Do you think you're going to get through the entire roll? We've got less than 10 minutes left. Do you think you're going to be able to shoot through the rest of the pictures here?
1: Look, it might come down to Graham posing for me, but um, I'm confident.
0: I will do this. I will do this. I might charge him. Uh, park. In, in, what do you do if you see a spaceman? Park in it, man. All right. Uh, right. We better dash because we, we need to be talking less and taking pictures more.
1: After shooting some more frames, we eventually headed back to Graham's house where we were very, very late for dinner. His lovely lady uh, had cooked us a beautiful vegetable lasagna, so we sat down with her and uh, we ate that. It was very, very nice, actually. I I usually prefer the meat variety lasagna, I'll I'll be honest, Uh, but this was very, very nice. And um, the funny thing was, I think there was some pumpkin in the lasagna. It was something orange, lumps of something orange, and I didn't want to fess up and tell Graham and his lovely lady that pumpkin is like my worst, most hated food, sorry. My most hated food. I hate pumpkin. It is so disgusting. And um, I don't know if this was pumpkin or sweet potato in lasagna, but I did to take a chance. So I actually cleaned my plate of the salad and lasagna, except for these orange lumps on the plate. And uh, I did wonder if they sort of looked at them thinking, what the hell? Why has he left this on the plate for? Um, but that's why if it, I don't know if it was bumpkin or not, but I wasn't going there. So after dinner, we sort of, um, hung around, chatted, had some ice cream and we went out to Graham's man cave and we recorded some more audio. Here we go. So we're now back in Graham's man cave, and it's, it's an escape room, it's not a man cave. Escape, escape room, it makes it sound like it's some kind of game, and you get thrown in here and you've got to work out how to escape.
0: Um, something like that. Yeah, yeah, nice. <laughs> Remember the part where the great fish bake off is on the next door, and that's true, that's where I escaped to.
1: But this is this is where you this is the room where you record the Sunny 16. It certainly is, yeah. It's it's a, this is but the hot seat, seat happens. It's a hot seat, it really is too warm, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's warm. So, what are your impressions of your craptastic camera? it was fun to use
0: um i you know you cannot get away from just the delight of using it as something as simple as that there was really only one choice you could make which was flash on flash off um the viewfinder as has been repeatedly mentioned is really nice and big uh, and I don't think, because when we went out, we you took loads of cameras with us. You had uh, so many cameras, but mm. I had three cameras with me. I had um, my Meopter Flexorette, I had my Fed 2, and I had a Casino CT something or like other, because um, they all had filming that I wanted to try and use up. And I know if I'd been taking pictures with any one of those, I would maybe have taken half a dozen pictures. Mm. But that thing of just being out with something plastic and kind of, you throw all caution to the wind and just go for it to get through a raw film. It's good fun. I um, my expectations for how those pictures come out is minimal, really minimal, because I really, I just at no point did I get the feeling that it was focusing on anything. And also, <laughs> yeah. I have no idea how it was doing in terms of
1: interpreting how much light there was.
0: Mm. But it was still fun to get out and take pictures.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I felt mine was mine. was very very boxy. Panasonic, uh, it's such a weird looking. Like I don't know, it's, it's such, it's just so boxy compared to a lot of the cheap, crappy cameras. You it's kind of wider than normal. Or?
0: You know what it looks like? Yeah, that camera looks an awful lot like a Yoshika T. Is it T2? really? Yeah, yeah, it really does. I can't miss the T... I've got yeah. the Shika T2. And it's very similar. It's slightly
1: shorter. Yeah, yeah But yeah. other than that, the basic shape is very, very oh, similar. very so interesting. So I think that might have been what they were modelling it on. This could have been... It's actually made in Japan. Maybe this is a precursor. Maybe this is a white-label version of a... No, probably it could
0: not. Be. Uh, no, probably I not. Mean, probably no, not. It, well, no it a 3.5. It is an F3.5. Yeah, which or the, yeah. the Yashika was as well. That's great. The, the only thing it's missing, which the Yashika has, is um, on the Yashika <laughs> it's actually got a waist level viewfinder. You can actually ah. look down in the top to yeah. see the
1: picture. So. Well, yeah, you can't do that with this. So, this is just um, I mean, you've got a couple of little things here. You've got a self timer button at the top near the shutter. You've got three flash settings uh, on, off, and auto that's pretty much it again. Um, it's, it's a faster lens than your camera. This one's got f3.5, 35mm angle of view. Uh, it's got a nice little sound to it. Oh, I think it's trying it's, to wind film. That, yeah. That's not the sound of the shutter. Yeah. But um, what do you, what do you, what's your impressions of it?
0: I, I think this is pretty good, actually. I quite like this. Panasonic cameras, you don't come across them that often. Mm. Um, but it feels it feels a hell of a lot sturdier than the Olympus which does feel like a a lightweight plastic box um uh, I'll be interested to see the pictures from this I think there's a potential that this might actually not be a bad little camera Mm. um it's it's quite quite a nice size in the hand yep it's, it's 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 black. I mean, is always stylish. I like this. I, mm. This is a nice girl. I hope this is taking good pictures because I think if it has, I mm. can see this one becoming a bit of a you know go-to camera. Um, but yeah, like I said the more I look at it, the more it reminds me mm. of uh, the Yashica
1: T, whichever one it was that I had. Yep. <laughs> T Fatso. Um. Well, that one was made in the Panasonic is made in Japan. The Olympus that you had, it says Tokyo, Japan, but it's actually made in China. And I think we googled that at the start as well. Uh, mine's got yours has got a yours has got a tripod mount as mine.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's got a okay. tripod mount. Very, on
1: very, it. very nice.
0: Yeah, they they do feel qualitatively like two very different cameras. Like that that yeah. that, that Olympus, it, it feels like um like one of those Vivitar panoramic cameras in terms of like the weight and the feel of it. Doesn't mm. There's it? like there's just nothing there. Yep. There's nothing in that camera that
1: is made of metal. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Awesome. So I'm going to get the uh, the photos developed um and scanned and hopefully um we'll be we'll be told that there there is two folders with images in. I'm um, fingers crossed. Well, now we are again we are using Jessup's uh 2006 2007 vintage 200 speed color film. That's very good year. It was a good year. Not so much for film photography, but <laughs> just, just in crack. general, yeah. it was a good year. So, um, yeah, looking forward to the results, and hopefully we can post them and so people can see. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly, and see how much better mine are than yours. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: So now it's everyone's favourite part of Matt Love's cameras, where I try and describe images uh, to varying degrees of success, or should that be varying degrees of failure? (laughs) Uh, So here we go. So I'm going to describe some of the images that we got, and I'll be glad to tell you that yes, both Graham and I got images on our rolls. Now I think my film was expired 2006, and his was expired 2007. And I think that uh, that year made a difference because my film, it's either my film or my camera, my pictures generally were a little bit underexposed, whereas Graham, I think he, yeah, he had a pretty good camera and uh, despite the fact that he thought it wasn't working, his exposures are pretty good and mine are a little bit underexposed. So I'm going to talk through them now. So the first one is a selfie. I wasted some film on some selfies because I knew that I, I was going to have my... Uh, Work cut out for me getting through 36 exposures in an afternoon so I took a photo here by the side of the road. This is where we recorded the original audio and you can just see in the background Graham squatting down in the field. I don't know what he's doing. I hope he was taking a photo when he was doing that but you can see him there quite clearly. The next image is of a tractor in the field. I was sort of on the edge of the field and the tractor with the hay bales went past. I quite like this image. I mean, it does look a little bit underexposed, but it's got a quite sort of nice, I don't know, kind of nice texture to it or something. I don't know, I I quite like that one. The next image is of a hay bale it's in the portrait orientation and it's close up a hay bale in the foreground there with all these lovely hay bales in the distance some nice leading lines out there to the other hay bales i quite like the colors in this one again it's probably a little bit underexposed but it's not too bad when you compare it to some of the other uh, images i took so yeah i really don't know if the the panasonic camera was to blame here or it was the film, or a bit of both, uh, but I will put another roll of film through that Panasonic eventually, so we will find out. The next image is Graham hitchhiking. Uh, it actually kind of looks like he's waving a fist at me to try and punch me. Uh, I, mean, I think I, I think he was doing some hitchhiking there, but um, maybe he was just shaking his fist at me, and he did want to punch me for giving him such a crap camera. We'll never know. The next few photos were taken at the church. So, we've got a nice church doorway here that I took with the Panasonic. And again, I think that looks pretty nice. Um, the nice brickwork and stuff like that. The following photo is of the blackberries. Now, even though this is out of focus, I did fall, friends, into the minimum focus distance trap. Uh, I do this now and again with point-and-shoot cameras. I kind of leave, you know, 30 to 50 centimeters between me and my subject, which is what, 12 to, I don't know, 18 inches, or maybe more, between me and my subject. But uh, for some reason, the camera did not focus properly. So you've got a nice blurry picture of some blackberries. They look nothing like deadly nightshade. And the next one is probably one of my favorite images from the roll. It's the church that we went to. Uh, it's got a nice kind of expired look, cr- weird, creepy, you know, spooky kind of look almost to it, I think. You know, it's just that kind of, you know, what's going on in the churchyard. It looks a bit scary. There's a black bird of some description flying overhead. And I really like this image. It is definitely a little bit underexposed, but I, I think that kind of adds to the, the kind of cool, spooky sort of feel to it. And the last image I've chosen is an RAF plane. So as we were heading back to Graham's house, in the middle of the road there was like this stop sign like a kind of like a railway, you know when you get to a railway a railway crossing and there's a flashing lights. We were just going down the road, I was driving and uh, these red lights started flashing and Graham said, "Oh, you got to stop here." And all of a sudden this massive plane went overhead. We were of course right on the edge of Bryce Norton Air Force Base, so that explains that. So I uh, stuck my arm out the window and I took a photo of the plane and and I quite like how that one's turned out. So overall, uh, look, I think the images are, except for that Berry one, uh, they are in focus. I think the camera has done an okay job. I just don't know if it is underexposing or if there was a problem with the film. But like I said, I will get the um, I will get the camera out again and take a roll or two more with that and see what it's capable of. It's a very weird-looking boxy kind of camera. It's not an unpleasant camera to use. Uh, it feels quite you know good as you're taking pictures. It's just um, kind of boxy in a weird shape, I guess you could say. So that, of course, is the Panasonic. I'm just grabbing it here. The Panasonic C five two five. AF. Now, I'm just looking through the other images in the role that I didn't post. And uh, yeah, I mean, there are quite a few images here that are just underexposed, especially as the night wore on and the lights sort of faded. It didn't really handle those conditions too well. And so there were, you know, quite a few kind of images that were darker and the, the film looked a bit grainier So now it's time to look at Graham's images, and the first one is a cracker, I really like it. It's of those hay bales again, taken on the Olympus AF-10XB, which Graham had, and there's some beautiful kind of uh, light going on in the image. You know, there's quite a clear vignette with the camera around the edges. But there's some nice light in the center there of those hay bales. And the edges are just nice darkened kind of blue. And I really like the colors that this camera is sort of giving out with this film combination. And the next shot is no different. It's of that road sign that he talked about on the audio. And again, the colors are really lovely. There's these kind of pinky purple kind of hues to the sky, which I really like. The next image down is then those plastic pandas, the famous plastic pandas of Oxfordshire. That's a fairly nondescript shot, but hey, at least we've got a picture of the pandas there. Uh, The next one is when Graham was wandering around the churchyard, and he took a nice picture there of a tombstone or some tombstones in the undergrowth there, which looks pretty spooky. The next image is of the village church, the one that I took, and you can sort of see the difference between the one I took and the one he he took if you scroll up and down the page. The exposure for his looks way better. It looks quite bright. Whereas mine looks, actually looks like it was taken, you know, 10, 20, 30 minutes later when the sun was going down, it, it looks completely sort of different light almost. So, yeah, his is very nice there. Again, really nice colors with the, the blues and the greens. I really like that um, the camera and film combination. The next one, I'm not sure where he took this. It might have been right near the start, near the hay bales. But it's just some kind of, I don't know, some weeds maybe? I don't know what they are. But there's some kind of grass, weeds and stuff and the blue sky that's got a really cool feel to it. The next place we went to after the church was the, like this old ruins. And uh, we took some pictures there. And one of the images that Graham took had some red flowers in. And the, the, the red in this, red flowers, is really quite bright um, quite extraordinary how color it is. It's really weird. Um, so that's a very interesting effects of the camera and film once again. And I think Graham was quite um, shocked when he saw that when he got the images. The next image down is a selfie that Graham took in the car mirror. I think he was pretty desperate to finish off the roll before we got back, and that's him doing his best, and I quite like that. There's some nice movement there with the um, the left-hand side of the shot, obviously uh, a blurred kind of uh, hedges by the side of the road. And the last shot is another version of the plane that we saw. And again, I really like the colors in this, the kind of blues and the other shades uh, with that big sort of plane in the sky. So who took the better images? Well, listeners, you can get onto mattlovescameras.com and have a look for yourself and judge for yourself. Look, I think we're going to give this uh, a technical KO, a TKO. We'll give him a technical knockout. I don't think it was a, you know, me on the floor with my lights punched out. I think he on a technicality. Uh, and I think that technicality was that, He clearly had a better camera and or film. Um, But no, he took some really good shots there, which I really enjoy looking at. And uh, I think that, yeah, I think that camera is a little cracker, that Olympus AF10XB. And I believe that uh, Dave Mahali, the old camera guy, I think he just reviewed that camera on his channel. And uh, yeah, I think it's given some really good results here. Uh, So back to the drawing board for me and my Panasonic Um, But I'd love to hear what you think of these images. I'll put a few up on the Instagram, um, but check them out on mattlovescameras.com. Check out the show notes at mattlovescameras.com. If you're on Instagram, come say hi at mattlovescameras. Or if you fancy getting in touch drop us a line at mattlovescameras at gmail.com. Now, one thing I haven't mentioned yet is that in September, after I got back to Australia, Graham and I actually got on Skype and we talked for about a half an hour about these images, and we gave all our theories about the film and the cameras, and we gave each other a bit of stick and all that. Uh, And basically, long story short, I don't have the audio. Graham sent me his. He recorded his locally. I recorded mine locally. Mine didn't record properly. So basically, listeners, all I have is a, you know, 30-minute track of Graham talking to himself with pauses in between where I was talking. So that was a bit of a disaster. (laughs) But next time I ever have anyone on the show, I promise I will record it better Okay, so the final part of today's show is a reminder about my Matt Loves Cameras film giveaway. So you, yes you, could win a bumper pack of 12 rolls of 35mm film delivered to you anywhere in the world in December. So the first way to enter the competition, which probably uh, maybe around 30 people already have, is by heading to Matt Loves Cameras on Instagram and commenting on the post, the one with all the film on. That is the film giveaway post. So there's some instructions in there on how to enter. You basically just have to comment and tag a couple of friends on that post. That is the first way to enter. Now, there's also a second way to enter. You can do either way. You can do both. Up to you. So the second way to enter is to send me an email or an audio message through to mattlovescameras at gmail.com. Or you could also send me a little message through Instagram, direct messages, Uh, same sort of thing. Send me a little message on Instagram or send me an audio file on Instagram. And in your email or in your audio file, you could tell me what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, what your favorite episode is, what your favorite camera is. Ask me any questions you want to ask me. So that is another way to enter this film giveaway. But you'll need to get any emails, any messages, any audio files. You need to get them to me by the end of Saturday. End of Saturday, the 7th of December, wherever you live. And uh, that'll probably be uh, Sunday here, my time. But that's okay. It's still enough time to get them all, have a listen, put you guys in the drawer. And then I will be pulling someone out of the hats on Monday, the 9th of December. That's it for this episode of Matt Loves Cameras. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the terrible quality audio of Graham and Sunny 16 and I racing around Oxfordshire trying to take photos and not trying to get into trouble with Graham's lovely lady, getting back late for dinner Uh, i'll be back very soon with a new episode where i will be announcing the winner of that film giveaway so make sure you get an email a message in Uh, i would love more entries uh, and i'll be pulling one out of the hat as i said on monday the 9th of december that's it for this time take care cheerio Bye bye